edition of the Second and Goal Fantasy Podcast. I'm Calvin, your host here with your co-host, Chris, the fantasy expert. Good to be back. And in today's show, we got a fun couple topics to do. We'll start out with some sleepers and busts heading into the 2020 fantasy season. We'll have one at quarterback, running back, t- wide receiver, and tight end for each of us. And then we'll end the show with our predictions for the best fantasy team in each NFL division for the 2020 season. But before we begin, we've got another nice review that just came in. Uh, this one comes in from Owen from Apple Podcasts. By the way, if you want to leave us a review, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find us, you can log in, find our podcast, scroll down, and you can write us a review. It'll be great, greatly appreciated, and we might even read it on the podcast. So the title of the review is Wow, and it says, Chris and Calvin have completely changed the way I view about fantasy football. They have more knowledge than any TV host I've ever seen. I recommend this podcast to anyone trying to expand their fantasy football knowledge. Thank you very much for that review. Yeah, thank you very much, Owen. Yeah, it's greatly appreciated. And again, if you want to review us, uh, head over to our many podcasting locations and send in a review. And yeah, we might even read it on the podcast. So we'll get started. And uh, first, we've got um, a piece of news to share before we uh, get into the episode. It's uh, about a trade that happened with the Houston Texans. So the Houston Texans have received uh, Brandon Cooks and a fourth round pick from the Los Angeles Rams in exchange for a second round pick. Chris, what do you think about this news? I think, I think that Bill O'Brien made another bad move as the Texans general manager. There's just, to me, uh, I mean, I feel like the, the bad thing, this would be a bad move normally, but because the Texans had made bad trades earlier, I don't see it as that bad. But I think that they're getting they, – they wouldn't have needed this if they hadn't made such a stupid trade with DeAndre Hopkins, I think. Yeah, I think the Hopkins trade really started all of this. It's, I think there's no question they should have held on to Hopkins and not gone after David Johnson. But I think that yep. uh, Brandon Cooks, when he's healthy, is a great player. Uh, so I'm not too mad about this trade for the Texans. I don't think this is too bad of a trade because if he's healthy, but he's had five concussions in his career. So yeah, I, we have I, to I mean, wonder about his injury risk. And I, many, many people like me do remember that one hit in the playoffs. I mean, it absolutely knocked Brandon Cooks out, I think, when, when he was on the Patriots in the Super Bowl, actually. so Yeah, that was a just, pretty nasty hit there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he has a history of concussions. Yeah, but I think when he's on the field, he has proven with the New Orleans Saints that he is able to be a uh, top 20, top 15, even a wide receiver one. So I just I think that if he's on the field, he has that potential, but the concussion risk maybe puts him more at a low-end wide receiver two for me. So what do you mm-hmm. think, Chris? I think Chris? he's – I wouldn't bump him into the wide receiver two category yet. I mean, if anything, I could see you taking him, like you said, Calvin, as a low-end wide receiver two. But right now, he's still not proven enough, and we – when he was with the uh, Rams, he really he was really overshadowed by Robert Woods, so he wasn't even like their number one go-to guy. So that worries me a little about the fact that, or the question if if he can return to his great form that he was with the Saints. Yeah, I just think um, there's no question he can do it. Just whether he will and whether he still can. I mean, mm-hmm. th- there's no question about whether he w- did do it. I mean, but um, yeah, I think I could understand. Uh, low-end wide receiver two to out of the range. Uh, I haven't really updated my rankings for him yet, although I have finished my half PPR rankings if you want to go check out the site. So now let's move on, and we've got uh, some sleeper picks and some bust picks here heading into the 2020 season. And as I mentioned before, 
Each of us have picked one player from each position for a sleeper pick and one for a bust pick. And we'll start at quarterback with sleepers. So Chris, who's your quarterback sleeper heading into 2020? My quarterback sleeper is going to be Kirk Cousins just because his ADP is so low for the value that I think you can get. I mean, I think his consistency is really key in me having him as my quarterback sleeper. And I really feel like last year he progressed and showed flashes of being a solid QB one. And right now he's not, he's not going as a QB one. So I think his consistency and obviously those flashes, I think those can develop along with a great Vikings offense with Dalvin cook into a QB one season. Yeah, I think I do like Kirk Cousins as well. I'd be a little hesitant to name him as a QB1, but I think after the Vikings decided to stop just run pounding the ball in, running the ball so much, that Cousins got more opportunities um, to throw the ball, and he sort of – he got better as the season progressed. Although losing Stephon Diggs, is his vertical threat, is tough. I still like Kirk Cousins. But my sleeper pick is Dak Prescott. And I've talked about him a lot on these podcasts. He's going to be underrated once again coming into next year. And there's really no reason why he is. He's been a, he was a top three QB last year. So I don't really understand why year after year he keeps getting low ADP. Uh, I'm fine with it as long as I get to draft him. He's got Amari Cooper, Ezekiel Elliott to open up some holes in the run game. So he's just got all the weapons he needs, Michael Gallup. So I think he's very talented, underrated once again, and he's my QB sleeper. Yeah, and if we look at all of his weapons, I mean, Michael Gallup is a guy that we think he has a good chance to be a boom. And uh, Zeke is always so consistent. He's a top three, top four, depending on kind of your opinion. He's he's in that range of top running backs. And then you've got uh, Amari Cooper, who's also a wide receiver one. That's just so many weapons. weapons. And then – Dak Prescott is just – he's really proven himself. I think he proved himself last year to be that guy that we thought he could be. Yeah, I think he's also proved himself to be more – he can be a team leader. A lot of people thought that, that this was Zeke's team, and it still is in part, but I think Dak showed that he has a major role in the Cowboys' success uh, now yep. and ha- going forward. So now we'll move on to RB, and uh, Chris has got an RB sleeper, and so do I, obviously. So, Chris, what's yours? I'm going to go with Ronald Jones here just because I think that – this Tom Brady at the helm with Mike Evans stretching the field and that pass catching ability that Chris Godwin has as well as Mike Evans. I think that's really going to translate to opening up the run game. And we're going to see a lot of holes opening up there. People are going to not be able to stack the box against him. And his, like I said about Kirk Cousins, his ADP is too low for me. I think it should be higher, but I'm liking finding him later in the drafts. Yeah, I think uh, I do like Jones is a guy who's yeah, his ADP is low, like you said, but I think that he's a guy that you can find uh, later at a good value, even if he's not the best running back. Um, mm-hmm. ADP, and now, by the way, we say it a lot means average draft position. Yeah, and Peyton Barber is really kind of he's out of the way. I don't think he's really going to be much trouble for. Ronald Jones, I think Ronald Jones is really going to be the lead back in that Tampa offense. I don't know. I actually think Peyton Barber is going to be trouble for him in, on the Redskins. Like, oh, he's going to – Yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I, but, I totally forgot about that. Peyton Barber is now on the Redskins, yeah. Yeah. So, but he's, he's got his own backfield now. I think he can prove mm-hmm. himself. Um, and so my pick is not Nick Chubb, surprisingly enough. And I think with it looking less and less likely that Kareem Hunt leaves the Browns, I think that Nick Chubb's value diminishes a little bit, but I'm still on him for 2020 because of the new coaching change where I think they're going to run the ball more. Chubb, the main thing that hurt Chubb last year when Kareem Hunt came in, besides the receiving, 
was his dip in touchdowns. But I think with the rushing, the more increased volume that Kevin Stefanski is going to bring to the table, I believe that Chubb will be able to counteract some of this touchdown regression and get enough to stay fantasy relevant. He's not a top three RB any for me anymore, but I think he's still very well in the RB1 tier, and I still like him heading into 2020. But yeah, my, sleeper, my sleeper is Raheem Mostert. And I think with, when we first brought this up a while ago, Chris was on Raheem Mostert, and I wasn't as much because I was worried about the carry volume. But I think I sort of had a change of heart because I think he, Raheem Mostert's proven, even if he doesn't get all the carries in a game, I think the games where he does get the majority of carries, which is the majority of games, I think he can be super efficient, kind of like Aaron Jones. So I think he's sort of – that he can, you can compare him to Aaron Jones in that way, and I think he'll be a very good player heading into 2020. Yep. And okay, so now we move on to wide receiver. Calvin, who's your wide receiver sleeper? Uh, it's going to be Allen Robinson. And I think Allen Robinson's not sort of the sleeper that you're looking for later in the draft. He's sort of an early round guy, except that I think people are undervaluing him because maybe he doesn't have as much of the name value as maybe – DJ Moore, who sort of went into the fantasy spotlight last uh, year, Cortland Sutton. Honestly, I, I, I kind of disagree with both those points. I feel like DJ Moore is still a little bit underrated just because he's not one of those Michael Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins, Devonta Adam guys that we've heard about for a few years. And then on the take of Allen Robinson being a sleeper, I just feel like the quarterback situation there isn't enough to have him as a sleeper for me. I mean, I think, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, Allen Robinson, people know who he is, but I just think he's not, what I meant is that he's not the guy, kind of guy who excites people. However, I still think he should because of the insane amount of targets that Mitchell Trubisky just feeds him every single year. Whether it's Trubisky or Foles, I think Allen Robinson has proven he can succeed with pretty much any quarterback. And so I think because he doesn't have that, um, ooh, this could be a breakout candidate like DJ Moore, for example, or Cortland Sutton. I feel like he's going to go undervalued and it's not like he's going to break out and be the next Devontae Adams or DeAndre Hopkins, but I still think he has value as a underrated value player. A lot like Jarvis Landry most years. Yep. And okay. so Chris, who's your sleeper? My sleeper is Emmanuel Sanders. And just because that the Saints offense is so deadly, and I don't really, we haven't really seen a proven wide receiver too in new Orleans. And I think Emmanuel Sanders is going to, do a fill that role and I think he's going to do a good job of filling that role he's going to be a really nice compliment to uh Michael Thomas and I think he's gonna Drew Brees is gonna look to him a lot when Michael Thomas is covered he's gonna be only getting single coverage because Michael Thomas is going to be getting the double coverage so I think you can trust him to score a few touchdowns in the red zone and just to be that kind of big play guy as well so I really like him next year yeah, I think Emmanuel Sanders, I was surprised because I think he, I've seen him going a bit underrated, I think, much like Allen Robinson. Emmanuel Sanders, while he was sort of left out of the offense for a while in San Francisco, is still a very talented player. And I think with Michael mm -hmm. Thomas as a wide receiver one, Sanders' best uh, fantasy performances have come as a wide receiver two. Like, for example, behind Demarius Thomas, he was in his best years. Yep. So I think that continues with a stud like Michael Thomas, who's yeah, and then, and a great then receiver. You're moving on from the messy quarterback situation when De Demarius Thomas was the wide receiver one and Emmanuel Sanders was the wide receiver two. And you're moving on to Drew Brees and then Michael Thomas is better than Demarius Thomas. So I just really like his potential next year. Yeah, I think it, Emmanuel Sanders has had va many varying quarterbacks from Peyton Manning to like Jimmy Garoppolo or 
mm-hmm. yeah. So I think and uh, I guess Joe Drew Flacco Lock- or Joe Flacco because he got traded mid seasons. Dude, you're right. He's um, had a lot of old and Super Bowl winning quarterbacks. Yeah, definitely. Maybe I guess. I don't or, well, know except for means, Jimmy G. But... Jimmy G. Almost. Almost. Yes, he was close. Uh, we'll see good. if he. Wins. That was a good game. Yeah, it was. Uh, watch it, because I mean, with coronavirus, there's not much to watch. Why not just rewatch yeah, I mean, the Super Bowl? I, yeah, just rewatch all the sports games. I'm trying to figure out a way to get myself excited for all these replays of sports games. I mean, it's not the same, but I try and imagine that it's in the heat of the moment, kind of. Maybe you should. Watch, I, I I just thought of this. Maybe we should watch the uh, NFC Championship from 2019 with the uh, passenger no no call pass interference again. Mm-hmm. Just to yeah, see I've, I've, everyone's reactions. Yeah, I've heard some people are watching. Uh, the World Series games over again since that was a great series and there's just a just trying there's still a way to find some sports even during this crazy time yeah they're hunting for people banging trash can lids uh they're like oh there's a guy in the stands (laughs) Uh, if you don't know obviously the Houston Astros stole signs uh for multiple seasons but that's baseball um we'll move on to tight end now and uh Chris we've got a couple good sleepers here of course and Chris who's your sleeper for tight end I'm going to go with Dallas Goddard just because I think he has a chance to take over kind of Zach Ertz's role in the offense. And if he can do that, we've seen what Zach Ertz can do. So that would be a huge step up in his production just because based on where he's going now, I think he's going like a little bit outside of that tight end one category. But he he has a chance if you can get him later to really blow up and be a game changer throughout your season, someone that you got at good value that can totally – change the course of your fantasy team season most likely in a good way yeah I think Goddard is just it's, he's undervalued because he's technically number two on the depth chart although I think he's going to share targets with Ertz once again because there's no point in leaving a guy this talented out of the offense even if you have another guy that's very talented so I think that means good things for Goddard and uh not so good things for Ertz but my tight end sleeper is Jack Doyle and Jack Doyle is sort of been on and off people's radar for years but I think that with Philip Rivers who likes to throw the tight end uh, in as a new acquisition in Indianapolis I think that Doyle's gonna get a target a major target increase which was his main problem last year with lack of targets and I think he's talented enough to do a lot with those targets so I definitely like him as a boom candidate maybe he sneaks into the tight end one tier Uh, I think there's a good chance of that wait is Doyle's still on Indianapolis right yes I believe so Um, yeah so the only thing you could yeah, with Phil, I think we're going to kind of see something similar to when Andrew Luck was quarterback with Jack Doyle because I think he was a big guy on targeting tight ends, and Philip Rivers is pretty similar in that way. So Yeah, I think – oh, and obviously Eric Ebron's gone to uh, Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. so Jack Doyle has those t- that tight end uh, targets all to himself pretty much, except Mo Alley-Cox maybe. But I think I, he snuck yeah, in a couple that's... targets last year, but I think it won't be too big of a threat. Mm-hmm. I don't think he'll be any threat, honestly. So now we'll move on to the bust picks. And uh, we've got one at each position, just like we did for sleepers. So, Chris, who's your quarterback bust? For Mine is Ben Roethlisberger. And I think a lot of people are going to be surprised by this because they've seen, like, I've seen different videos of him throwing, and it looks okay, but he's so old now. And I feel like that that elbow, once you get to this age, I feel like, it's tough for him to repair an elbow fully and get back to his full ability, get back his full throwing ability. And I think there's a good chance that he could re-aggravate it going into next year. So it's not the talent or the points that I think he could put up as if he stays fully healthy, but more that I think there's a good chance that he could end up getting injured. 
Yeah, I think I agree. I don't know if there's a huge chance, but I think there's still – got to worry about, like, because the season-ending injury can always affect future potential injuries. And so my mm-hmm. quarterback bust, and he's not going to be a complete bust, but I think he's just being overvalued right now, is Drew Brees. And Drew Brees had an historic finish to last season, 2019. I know you won't like this pick, Chris, but I think heading into 2020, he hasn't really been ever – I mean, for a couple of years, he hasn't really been an elite QB1 or even like a mid-tier QB1 for a couple of years. I think I would put him more at the back end of that tier just because of his – he's aging, obviously, another year. And throughout his career, he has been – hasn't been completely consistent either. So I think there's bound to be regression from the historic 2019 finish. And I think that people might get too caught up in the finish versus his basically a lot of his career. Yeah, I I totally have to do a 180 on this take. I think that Drew Brees is is undervalued, actually. I think that he should be higher than what he's going at currently. I mean, he has so many weapons in that offense. And he's proven to be... I feel like when we think about him being inconsistent, which he can be, I don't think it's too bad of an inconsistency. Like, a bad game for him, I feel like, was, like, 12 points, which isn't good. But then he has these 40-point games just because of the weapons he has. And I just think – I don't see how he can – I feel like he would be – he's just going to – he has such a good fantasy offense. I mean, we'll talk about it in the NFL divisions. That Saints team is loaded with fantasy talent. So you have to like the quarterback there. It's like if we added Michael Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, Alvin Kamara to a quarterback like, say, Phillip Rivers or like even Drew Locke. We'd be liking Drew Locke. We'd see him as a sleeper, a guy that's a QB1. So I don't see how you can have him as a bust. I mean, I don't know if we'd be seeing Drew Locke as a QB1, but it would definitely boost his value. I think with Breeze, though, and it's not like I said inconsistent throughout his career. That's not really true. But I think that over the past couple years, mainly, is when he's battled sort of that inconsistency. Drew Brees has had an amazing career. He's Hall of mm-hmm. Famer for and sure. And actually, I just I just read that he's going to go to NBC to be a commentator. And I always love when the quarterbacks become commentators because they have such great insight on the game just because they've played it for so long. And they totally understand how all, all of the offense works. Yeah, Tony so Romo good. was a huge success. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, uh, Tony Romo was NBC, right? Uh. Wait, he was with uh, Al Michaels. So, yeah, I guess – wait, no, he wasn't. Oh, uh, uh, no, I'm going to look this up, actually. CBS. Jim, Jim Nance, I believe. CBS. So, I don't know why I was blanking on that for a second. But. That would be a cool combo, though, to see Tony Romo and Drew Brees as the uh, – yeah. yeah. I think it would Tony be- Romo is CBS. You're right, Calvin. Yeah, I was so, but that would, second, but. Yeah, I mean, oh, in history, I've loved having – Retired NFL quarterbacks as commentators. Troy Aikman is another example. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, mm-hmm. I think Tony Romo is the most exciting of those. Um, yeah. Most exciting commentator, sleeper fantasy commentator heading into next year, Tony Romo. He, he's already considered the number one. Sleeper? Sleeper. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's going to rise even higher. Yeah, he's, he's going to be a breakout when he's already ranked at number one. That'd be fun. We could do a fantasy commentator draft. Yeah, maybe there's a possibility you could see that coming out in the next few days. We could do all time, all, all time. Al Michaels has got to be up there for sure. I mean, it's not like we're it's not like we're loaded with content during the coronavirus. We're yeah. scrounging for some ideas. It kind of feels like a little. Yeah, but for sure, Al Michaels would be up there. I would say. Um, mm-hmm. There's many other Tony guys. Romo. Yeah, I mean Tony Romo was he's more obviously clearly more of a recent but that doesn't even matter because he was just so good he will he's up there with um some very good commentators but uh let's move on to running back bus and obviously these are two guys we do not like 
and but these guys especially we really 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 do not like chris let's start with you who's your running back bust my running back bust is damien williams and it's not that i hate damien williams and i think he has a lot of skill i just think he's going way too high in drafts he's like almost going as a running back one and that's just crazy to me to me i mean that backfield is so crowded with uh Darwin, Darwin Thompson. Thompson and Daryl Williams, right? Yeah, and then they just got DeAndre Washington, actually. So that's and even more. And they crowded. just got DeAndre Washington, and it feels like Andy Reid has never really had a lead back. So I don't understand how you can put someone that's in a timeshare as a running back one. So I have him at number back number thirty. I mean, I've seen him seen him going, like I said, a running back one, and that just amazes me. So I have to put him as a bust just to let people know that he's not going where he should be going. Yeah, I think I agree. I would definitely agree. And my pick is Melvin Gordon. And Melvin Gordon is in such a bad situation here in Denver. Um, it's not not the best supporting cast, obviously. A pretty bad supporting cast, if we're going to put it frankly. I think – and when Melvin Gordon has not had the best supporting cast, his yards per carry just absolutely plummets. And it's just – I think because of that, I feel like Philip Lindsay will click quickly take over this backfield for the most part. I think Gordon will still be involved, but he's a guy with name value who's going way too high, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So I think that he's definitely a bust. Yeah, that name value is really keeping him afloat. And I think the real guy to look at in this Broncos offense is Philip Lindsay, as I th- think we'll start to see Melvin Gordon kind of drop off. I think Philip Lindsay, I think at the start of the season, we're going to see Melvin Gordon being the running back and Philip Lindsay being the passing back. But I think as the season goes on, we're going to kind of see Philip Lindsay start to eat up some of those carries that Melvin Gordon will would have been getting at the beginning of the season. Broncos have not been utilizing Philip Lindsay enough for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And I, so talented. Yeah. If they realize that, then I think Philip Lindsay will definitely take over that backfield. He's so skillful. I mean, we, we saw how he just burst onto the scene a, a couple of years ago. He's just – he's a really dynamic runner that can catch passes. He can do pretty much everything, I think. Yeah. And so now we got wide receivers. And, uh, so Chris, we'll start with you once again. Uh, who is your bust wide receiver heading into this I'm season? also going to go a similar situation to Damian Williams. I just don't like Tyler Lockett, who I have as my bust, just because I think DK Metcalf is going to take over that wide receiver one role with Russell Wilson. I do like the offense. I just feel like Tyler Lockett isn't going to live up to the hype that I feel like he's had last year and the hype that he has this year. I think he's going to regress a little as people start to realize that DK Metcalf is that lead guy or lead guy in Seattle, sorry, as a lead wide receiver. And so that's why I have him as my boss. I just have a bad feeling about him. When I see his name popping up in drafts, I just don't like to pick him. He feels too risky to me. Yeah, I, I agree with you that he feels too risky, but I don't think his um, total fantasy numbers will be too bad. I think he gets a little drop-off in PPR because he doesn't necessarily get the most targets. And I think when some a lot of the time he's very, very good. And I don't think DK, DK Metcalf will affect his value a little, but not a ton in my opinion. But it's just that he's so crazily inconsistent. Like, he'll get games like one reception, mm-hmm. yep. and he'll get like 10 receptions for 150 yards and a touchdown. It's crazy. Like, back-to-back. Just yep. without, it, It's insane. But my bust here is Debo Samuel. And Debo Samuel is a fade for me because I feel like Super Bowl value, playoff value for Debo Samuel, like, he was playing very well in the playoffs. And I, so I think people are going to look at that and be like, Oh, he's the wide receiver one in the for the mm-hmm. 49ers. He's the new Chris Godwin. And I completely disagree. Because first of all, it's recency bias and playoff bias. 
And so they're just, you're just thinking of like the past few games versus his overall slate. Also, I just think since San Francisco has a more run heavy offense, there are going to be times when he doesn't get as many targets and that's not as good for half PPR, which we cover. Um, and I think just it, even though he can be efficient with those targets, it's not necessarily enough to overcome the lack of targets that can come. Mm-hmm. And I think some of his value also retains to being a kind of a running wide receiver, someone that can run the jet sweep, but we've never, ever seen a, a wide receiver that could run the ball really be a good fantasy player. Yeah, Debo so Samuel think, as my running back. Yeah, it's just there's not there's just not much to like there other than of course, like you said, the playoffs. That was a that was he looked good then, but I feel like he's not going to keep that up going into next season. Yeah, I mean the rushing ability is good. It's just I don't think it's he's not going to be like getting I, six or seven carries every game. I think that that rushing ability is what's causing people to overvalue him a little, and then he's just that offense isn't pretend in the passing game really I don't trust Jimmy Garoppolo that much to have kind of that guy that he's always hitting accurately someone like Michael Thomas where I trust Drew Brees so much more to throw to him yeah that's a very good point I just think he's good Debo Samuel's good but he's not going to be the next Chris Godwin um and now we've got some tight ends for our bus section and Chris we'll start with you once again who's your best tight end yeah and for the third time in a row I'm gonna have to say Zach Ertz because like I said, Dallas Goddard is my sleeper, and I think he's going to start to eat into those targets that Zach Ertz is getting. Zach Ertz is going as the tight end three, and I'm thinking, how is he ahead of people like Mark Andrews? And it's just it just amazes me that how high his ADP is. So I really have to I, – I don't trust him. I would not like to have him as my team. I mean, he was not going that far in ESPN mock drafts below people like George Kittle, and that just – I, with Dallas Goddard around and Zach Ertz has really been dropping. I feel like the last two seasons, his play has just dropped off a little. I think this year he's finally going to hit a dead end and he's just going to kind of cool off. And Dallas Goddard is going to be the guy that we start to see take over that Eagles tight end spot. Yeah, I actually have Zach Ertz at number six because of Darren Waller, who I like because of his reception ability. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I just think Ertz is, you're right, in general ADP, AD, average draft position in uh, – uh, yeah, stuff like that. I think it's just Ertz is going too high, and I definitely agree with you that he's uh, overvalued heading into next year. Um, my mm-hmm. bust pick is Noah Fant, and Noah Fant is a popular tight end breakout pick. However, I have him as a bust because I think Denver's offense can't really support anyone besides Cortland Sutton. It's just there's not really much to like, especially with the QB situation with Drew Locke. I don't think I think people are anticipating a second year emergence because Noah Fant is pretty talented. But I don't think with the QB situation, he's going to do too much. I think it'll be like more the same from this year where he wasn't getting enough receptions to be fantasy relevant. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that whole receptions piece. I mean, I actually was in a bit of a pickle last season. I had to pick him up because uh, some crazy stuff for another day happened with Evan Ingram on the waiver where I was pretty hectic. But I ended up being stuck with Noah fan and he just – he wasn't getting the receptions to perform at a high level, and I think that's going to continue next season. Yeah, it's kind of funny because Chris had, like, the best team ever, and then he did accidentally dropped Evan Ingram. Yeah, so. it, was, it was really weird. I, I was trying to – basically, I was trying to jo- drop O.J. Howard because he was just – had been such a bust. Or, no, I was trying to pick up O.J. Howard and drop uh, someone that I had as a tight end sleeper that I didn't really want. And I accidentally dropped Evan Ingram, who was my starting tight end, and then it was just kind of – 
downhill from there and I ended up finishing third but which is still a solid place but yeah and there was a weird I don't know it was hard to be commissioner that year and maybe I didn't play it the best because I think letting people vote is a great thing sometimes it's very difficult in making decisions because the voters would not overturn this dropping of Evan Ingram yet they were allowing to extend the deadline for another team who had a not so fair trade for someone who wasn't even really playing in the league anymore but I, I don't really know how that was fair, but I let them vote. So I had to do it. I, I so I think it's, it's just, it's hard, hard being hard life as a commissioner, mm-hmm. but um, yep. not so hard. I mean, I'm having fun and stuff, but th- there's tough decisions. Yeah. Tough and we'll decisions. move on to the fantasy, best fantasy teams in each division. And yeah, most, I'm super excited for this. Yeah. yeah it's pretty, gonna be fun. Most of these, I think are, there's a pretty clear cut, uh, pick I think a couple of them are pretty competitive we'll start the NFC East and uh my pick for the NFC East is the Dallas Cowboys and Chris I think you would agree yep I would agree with that I think there's so much talent there with Dak Prescott who we like Zeke who we like Amari Cooper who we like and then you got a uh uh, Michael Gallup, who I really like next year as a guy that you can get in later rounds. so that offense is really fantasy potential yeah, I think it's just uh, Michael Gallup is definitely getting a lot more targets, huge target increase, and I think I really like it with, especially with the rest of the pieces. Him get being able to spread the ball around, uh, and he'll get. I think he'll get some targets and less attention because Amari Cooper's there. The Cowboys are clearly the most talented team in this division in terms of fantasy, and I think. Um, by the way, this is just whoever, whatever team we think in the division has the best fantasy player. And yeah, so if you, oh, go ahead. If we. Oh, sorry. If we were to basically make a fantasy lineup out of this team with all their best players, which team we think would do the best? Yeah, pretty basically. Much. Um, and I think the Eagles, while they have Carson Wentz and Alshon Jeffrey, don't have a ton. I guess Miles Sanders, too. The Redskins and Giants, I don't think, are very close. I mean, obviously, the Giants have Saquon. Uh, and Daniel Jones, who I think could be solid, as well as Darius Slayton, but just not enough. Not It doesn't match up with the Cowboys. Yeah, actually, I mean, they have Evan Ingram, too. This is, the Giants are pretty good for fantasy, but I still think the Cowboys have three studs for sure, and then another guy who's emerging. So I think that puts them as the number one. Mm-hmm. And now we'll go to the NFC North, and Chris, who's your pick? My pick for the NFC North is going to be the Vikings. I think this is really close between Green Bay and the Vikings. I think you're going with Green Bay, right, Calvin? Uh, yeah, I am. Yeah, but I'm going to go with the Vikings just because, like I said earlier, I have Kirk Cousins as a sleeper. I think that offense is really going to burst onto the scene last year. I saw We saw flashes of it when you mix in Dalvin Cook and you mix in Kirk Cousins throwing and you've got Adam Thielen, who we've seen him have amazing seasons. I think this offense can just be really good next year. And it can be a – I think it will be surprising, but I think that there's a good chance that we'll see them – be a better fantasy offense than the Packers. Yeah, when you said Mixon, I thought you meant Joe Mixon for a second, and I was confused. But I think this is very close. I took the Packers, and it's just – it's a question of, I think, really the Arby's. Aaron Jones versus Dalvin Cook. Because Devontae Adams is a better fantasy wide receiver than Adam Thielen. Aaron Rodgers and Kirk Cousins are pretty close, I would say. And so say, yeah. that leaves it between Aaron Jones and Dalvin Cook. And I think Aaron Jones isn't going to regress as much as people say because I think he's so efficient that the touchdown regression will happen. I don't think it'll happen as in as big of a fashion because the Packers are still run heavy and because he is so efficient when he touches the football. So basically you're saying that the gap between Devontae Adams and Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook versus Aaron Jones doesn't bring that back enough. 
pretty much. Yeah, I think I guess Cook has injury risk, and I think um, Cousins versus Rogers. Rogers might get the slight edge in fantasy for me. It's close. I'm. I feel like I'm changing my mind right now as we speak. It's really close. I guess I'll stick with the Packers, but uh, actually, it's all like almost like a tie. Yeah, I, I know. Like. This one was a tough one. Yeah, I, th- I guess I'll. Oh, geez. It's, I, I, don't, I guess it's for fantasy talent only. So we'll say for fantasy talent. I mean, you might have to go um, to kickers. I'll go oh, kickers. Uh, Mason Crosby <laughs> versus. Uh, yeah, it's just. It's, it's, I think we're disincluding defense also in these rankings. I don't think defense should be really yeah. included. It's, yeah, we didn't really include defense. Uh, tight end, Jay Sternberger does not get the edge. So I'll go, I'll go with the Vikings because Irv Smith and Kyle Rudolph are going to break it for me. And it's just uh, – yeah, it's, it's so it's, – it's so close. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that one's – I think that's – just looking at all the divisions, I think that's definitely the closest one Yeah, that we have. So. so we'll go to the south now. And the south, I think, is pretty obvious, which is uh, good because now we get a little break from the tough debate. Chris, uh, you got the Saints, right? Yeah, I think the Saints, this is one of the easier ones. It was – there was a possibility that we could go with the Bucks. I mean, I guess I could see it, but I, I wouldn't – I would definitely would not agree. The Saints just have so many weapons. Michael Thomas is the number one wide receiver. Like I said, I like Drew Brees next year. I think that Emmanuel Sanders is a sleeper, like I said. Alvin Kamara – I actually don't like Alvin Kamara too much just because I feel like – we saw Latavius Murray kind of take a bit of his role last season, but Latavius Murray and Alvin Kamara, that's a deadly running back combo. Then Michael Thompson, Emmanuel Sanders, same thing. I like Drew Brees. That just checks all the boxes for me. Yeah, I agree. It's definitely the Saints. Uh, by the way, the Vikings kicker is Dan Bailey. I was blanking for some reason, but uh, kicker comparison. Oh, wait, no, no, it's not. He, they re-signed him on March 19th, I believe. I think that, that was by was... the Cowboys, I thought. Uh, no, he was on the Cowboys. He's on the Vikings now, I believe. Oh, okay. Um, so, it's, yeah, it's, it's not really kickers. That, that's a close comparison because Mason Crosby's been a little bit inaccurate the past couple of years. But it doesn't really matter about kickers, whether, whether or not they uh, – mm-hmm. They won't make too much of an impact. Yeah, except if it's like Harrison Butker versus Jason Sanders of the Dolphins. So, yeah. <laughs> then that might make a little bit of an impact. But fortunately, they're not in the same division. Uh, we'll move on to the NFC West, and this was one of the other close ones. Chris, who you got here? I'm going to go with the Cardinals just because I think that I really like Cliff Kingsbury as, that co- as their coach, and I think Kyler Murray is really going to have a, a great sophomore season. I think we saw flashes of what they can do, and I think the addition of DeAndre Hopkins is really going to translate to a huge season for everyone in that Cardinals offense. I mean, you and me both love Kenyon Drake next season. We like DeAndre Hopkins. Kyler Murray is a guy that's going to be really good. I like Cliff Kingsbury's offense. I think it's, he's going to be able to adjust, adjust it this offseason to really work great in the NFL. And they're just their offense just has so many pieces, and I love their team. If I put, could put their team in a fantasy lineup, I'd be very happy. Yeah, I think uh, well, yeah, fantasy lineup, what would that be? It'd be Kyler Murray, Kenyon Drake. Well, RB2, you, you would be very weak at RB2. Yeah, Chase Edmonds. DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk, tight end. Uh, uh, I'm blanking again. I oh, blank on a yeah. lot of things today. Max yeah. Williams, that's who it is. Yeah, Max Williams. Yep. <laughs> That'd be brutal at tight end. Uh, Flex, oh my. <laughs> well, yeah, you'd have Flex. Chase Edmonds as your RB2. Flex, so I maybe, guess Larry maybe, though, maybe like the, the t- 
Oh yeah, Larry Fitzgerald, yeah. And then, uh, so that would be some holes, but some good players. It's like you drafted mm-hmm. for the first three rounds and then just like stopped. Yeah, and then and then auto picked, but then the auto picker did a bad job of picking. You, you set your pre-draft rankings to include all Cardinals for some reason. Yeah, you're a big Cardinals fan. Um, but for my pick, I'm gonna take the Cardinals too because of what you said. I think it's so explosive, and I think it is the safe pick. The Seahawks could challenge if I think if I think if Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf both become very good, like stud wide receiver one type, wide receiver one as an NFL wide receiver one type players. But I think the safe pick is the Cardinals because we're not really completely sure about DK Metcalf, although there's a high chance he'll break out. Yeah, um, and I also, like I said, don't like Tyler Lockett, so that puts them down a little bit. But this was one of the closer ones. I wouldn't say it's as close as the Green Bay Vikings one, but it's still pretty close. Yeah, geez, the Green Bay Vikings one. I'm still thinking about that. I guess mm-hmm. I'm I know. Me to too. The Vikings. I don't want to – I mean, I think I would have stuck with Green Bay because I didn't really want to switch, but I'm. it's the Vikings for me. Um, now we'll go to the AFC. And my pick for the AFC East is the Buffalo Bills. Chris, I think you would agree, right? Yeah, I'd agree with that one. I I don't really love any of the teams in this division. I mean, the Dolphins, they're just – they don't have enough pieces yet. They're still in a rebuild, I'd say. The Patriots just lost the GOAT, Tom Brady. And Julian Edelman is going to drop off because of that. The Jets are the Jets, so I'm going to go with the Bills. Yeah, the Jets are the Jets, and the Jets are the Jets more with Adam Gase. Like, they're even yeah. jet- jettier. Uh, but the yeah, Bills is the good pick because Josh Allen's a really good two-way quarterback. Devin Singletary, while he doesn't score many touchdowns, gets piles up yards. Stephon Diggs, a new vertical threat, who I don't think is going to be too great next year. But, I mean, he's going to have at least some value. John Brown's not I'm, a bad receiver. He's mm-hmm. pretty underrated. But. I guess we just made up a new adjective, too. Jetty. Yeah, they're very jetty. The jetty teams in the league are uh, the Bengals, the Jets, the Redskins, uh, the, the Dolphins, the Lions. Yeah, well, Jaguars. Yeah, I guess the Jaguars are trying not to be. Well, they're all sort of in rebuild, so they're they're going. The jetty. Jaguars they're are on the brink jetty. of being jetty. They're going they're, full they're on jetty the brink. heading into 2020. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> that, that's enough of that. Um, I'd say the Giants just cleared out of jetty zone, maybe by a little bit. I think their offense just slightly jumps them out of jetty zone, but mm-hmm. uh, Giants. Yeah, it's just. <laughs> I don't even know why I just said Giants. I was just thinking about the Giants, and then I said Giants, and then I just lost my train of thought. But okay. um, let's go to the AFC North, and uh, I think it's the Ravens for sure here. Yeah, this is definitely the easiest one. I mean, the Bengals with Joe Burrow. Uh, I, 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 I don't even – I can't even – oh, Joe Mixon, I mean – Joe Burrow, AJ hey, Green. If depending on how much you value quarterbacks, because they have the edge at running back and wide receiver, that's actually interesting. I think I'll. And wide receiver? Ravens. Oh, really? Yeah, I guess they kind of do. I'll say I mean Ravens, but yeah, good. but they have Mark Ingram, like Lamar Jackson. I mean. Mark Andrews too. Yeah, Mark Andrews. That, that just kind of overpowers all these other teams. I mean, the Steelers. You don't really. Opposite Nothing I really team. like. Too much there. I mean, the Browns have some players. Baker Mayfield, OBJ, Austin Hooper, Nick Chubb. That's kind of... Yeah, this is... I mean, it's just... This is becoming closer as I think about it more. I feel like it's... Sometimes it's like we think about it in terms of talent, but this is more fantasy relevant. AJ Green's obviously very talented. Fantasy relevance, maybe not so much because he might get hurt and miss the whole season. The Browns challenge? I mean, Baker Mayfield versus Lamar Jackson, obviously Lamar Jackson. But then you've got Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt versus, like... 
Mark oh, Ingram and Jarvis. If they take a step forward, OBJ and Jarvis first, Ooh, and then Austin Hooper can kind of almost match up with. I mean, maybe that Let's could. Say if everything goes right, if Austin Hooper breaks out, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt both are productive, especially Nick Chubb. If that happens, uh, Jarvis Landry and OBJ both take steps forward, and Baker Mayfield becomes competent uh, with Kevin Stefanski, who used to be a quarterbacks coach, by the way. So that could be an interesting uh, head coach decision. Um. I think that actually could be a pick over the Ravens, but that's if everything goes right. So I'll still take the Ravens. Here. I think the Ravens are obviously the better NFL team, but as far as fantasy, I'd still say the Ravens, like you said, but the Browns are closing in. Yeah, if everything goes full non-Jetty, then the Browns yeah. <laughs> beat the Ravens. We'll go to the AFC South. Um, and this is this was a tough one. I think all four teams were in contention to start. But I yeah, I mean, Titans. the Texans, Colts, Jaguars, and Titans, I don't, I don't love – any of them, but I think you and me both would go with the Titans here, right, Calvin? Yeah, because Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. They kind of carry. And then A.J. Brown is another player I like. I mean, he was – I actually could have put him as my sleeper over uh, over Emmanuel Sanders, but I just really like Emmanuel Sanders. I mean, I think that offense is going to take a step forward. I think we saw the defense kind of – and Derrick Henry really carry them far in the playoffs, but I think that Ryan Tannehill is going to step up. And, of course, A.J. Brown is a – sophomore that I really like next year yeah I think AJ Brown may not have worked as a sleeper since he is pretty high value coming into next year but I, do, I know you do value him more than a lot of people including mm-hmm. myself but I think the Titans uh, is my pick because of AJ Brown while he may not be the while I don't believe he'll be the breakout that a lot of people say I think he'll still be pretty good and then with Tannehill and Henry in that offense that just puts them up I think the other considerations were mainly I guess the Texans with Brandon Cooks, but that's a lot of injury risk there. And Will mm-hmm. Fuller, that's a huge injury risk among wide receivers. Jeez. Yeah, and then and then David Johnson at running back. Deshaun Watson at quarterback, that's good, but I don't think Deshaun Watson can carry that Texans team above the Titans. Wow, yeah, three big injury risks. That's crazy. Um, but we'll, we can end with an easy one now. AFC West is clearly the Chiefs, I believe. Oh, yeah, this is actually probably the easiest one. This one definitely – I mean, if you think about that team – Patrick Mahomes, Damian Williams, like uh, Darwin Thompson. Then you've got at wide receiver Tyree Kill and Sammy Watkins, tight McCall end. Or, yeah, or McCole Hardman, Travis Kelsey. Like, that team is absolutely stacked. I'd say that's probably the best in the entire league, fantasy-wise. Yeah, it's, it's a tough competition. I think – I'm not really sure about Sammy Watkins and Damian Williams' value. I mean, obviously, you said Damian Williams was a bust. Um, Sammy Watkins, I don't really like. But would you look I at think he's Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, and Travis Kelsey? That really puts them above everyone. Yeah, of course. Definitely best in the AFC West, I think, um, the ch- mm-hmm. versus the Chargers, who really have just Keenan Allen, and that's about it. Um, the Broncos have Cortland Sutton. Phil oh, Lynch. and Austin Eckler. The Chargers have Austin Oh, that's Eckler. true. Yeah, I forgot. Austin Eckler, good pick coming into next year. I think mm-hmm. he's underrated between the tackles, but you yep. could um, pick him. And then the Raiders, uh, I, Darren Waller, Josh Jacobs. Ew. That, that fantasy team scares me. <laughs> I mean, I wish I like Darren Waller and Josh Jacobs. But besides they're, that, they're very close to jettiness, too. Yeah, they're, they're bordering on jettiness. Uh, uh, I guess your fantasy lineup for them would be Derek Carr, uh, Josh Jacobs, Jalen Richard. Uh, wide receiver would be Ni- Tyrell Williams, Nelson Aguilar. Tight end is Darren Waller. Flex is uh, Rod Smith, third string RB. <laughs> oh gosh, no! Please, no. Okay, let's just stop here. Let's stop. Let's. Stop. I, I was okay. looking because of the DeAndre Washington signing. I was looking who's behind Jalen Richard on the depth chart, and I see Rod Smith, 
and also Alec Ingold. Other, other, he, I think he's sort of a fullback, but he's yeah. On if the Rod roster. Smith is my flex, then I might as well just quit, <laughs> quit fantasy. Maybe, a, maybe a wide receiver three though. But I think that definitely would not be the best team. Um, so this yeah, was a fun show. Definitely would not. Uh, that's it for the show, and th- this was a fun show. You can subscribe, uh, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We're also on Google Podcasts now. If you have any questions about fantasy, you can submit them at secondgoalfantasy at gmail.com to possibly be included in our listener mailbag episodes in the future. So again, yeah, if you've any, and any questions, email us, subscribe, rate, review. Maybe you'll hear it on the podcast. Thanks for listening and downloading, and we will see you guys next time.